You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. See, God keeps things in the oven a long time. You pray, oh God, I wish that you would do this for me or that for me. He says, really? Pray that one more time because that's a state prayer. All right, I want you to do this or that. God says, all right, it's going in the oven. I'm moving people. I'm moving circumstances. I'm getting you ready. It's going to take time. But when it comes and they put that bone-in ribeye in front of you, when God delivers that ribeye and there it is, you forget about how long you waited. It is so good. Today in his message, Pastor Jeff illustrates the importance of sticking to God's will and not your own. Discover the assurance that comes when you pray according to His divine plan for your life. As you align your heart with His, you'll witness the transformative power of seeking God's desires in your petitions. Join in on this enlightening journey to deepen your prayer life, experience the joy of God's responses, and witness the miraculous impact of praying in harmony with God's divine plan. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of 1 John chapter 5 as he continues his message, God Answers Prayer. The Bible shouts to us that God hears and God answers because out of 650, 450 recorded answers are given to us in the eternal word of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ was a praying Savior. I counted 25 prayers of his recorded in Scripture. Just what the Bible recorded, 25 prayers of Jesus. Paul the Apostle mentions prayer, prayers, prayer requests, prayer reports, or exhortations to pray 41 times. 41 times. The Bible even describes different prayer postures. You don't have to do any of these. You can pray anytime, anywhere, in your car. There weren't cars back then, so we don't have that praying in your VW. But here's the different postures. The Bible records people prayed sitting, they prayed standing, they prayed kneeling, they prayed bowed with their face to the ground, like our sister was a little while ago during worship, came down and bowed with her face to the ground. That's a prayer position the Bible records. It also shows people lifting their hands to pray. Different postures, different strokes for different folks. You can pray anytime, anywhere, in any position. You can pray. If you're down, sick, if something has happened to your body and you can't move, thank God you can still pray. You can still lift up prayers to God. From cover to cover, your Bible, my Bible, is filled with prayer, calls to prayer, exhortations to pray, answers to prayer, and promises about prayer. Amen. Right now, as I speak, there's millions of people around the world that are praying, and you know what? Before I'm done preaching today to you about prayer, God will have answered tens of thousands of their prayers. Our God is constantly listening to the cries of his people around the world, and God answers prayer. Can we say it again? God answers prayer. Give him a hand of praise. Come on. Now, having said that, then we understand why John wrote that we're to be confident in our praying. Listen to what he says. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, notice he used the word confidence. He didn't say doubt. He didn't say unbelief. He didn't say maybe so, perhaps so, hope so. He said this is the confidence. God wants us 
confidence in the place of prayer. Now, let's be honest. It is not uncommon for Christians, even Christians who have been born again for a very long time, to sometimes struggle in the place of prayer. You have struggled lately, and so have I. Various things happen when we try to pray, and sometimes the enemy fills our mind with doubt. Is God really hearing you? Does God really care? Do your prayers really matter? Does this matter to God? Is he listening to you? Or is he off flinging more stars into space, and you're not important to him? But the Bible says, according to John, he doesn't want us filled with doubt. He doesn't want us filled with uncertainty. He doesn't want us to have double-minded unbelief about prayer. He wants us to be confident in the place of prayer. Confident. Now, I want you to notice, confident in what? He says, this is our confidence in him. In him. This is the confidence we have in him. Our confidence in prayer is in him. It's in his character, his faithfulness, his goodness, his reliability. Our confidence is not in results or the lack thereof. Our confidence is in the character of a covenant-keeping, promise-making God. He says when we pray... When we pray, we're doing it because we are confident in him. You know, a promise is only good, as good as the promise maker. If you've got somebody who's not, who's not faithful, who's not loyal, who never keeps their word, and they make you a promise, it doesn't mean anything. You walk away going, well, that's about as good as uh, standing on water and hoping to float. That's not, that's not any good. Because I know them. I know their character is shaky and shoddy, and they don't keep their word. So I don't care what they promise me. It doesn't matter. But if somebody who you know has sterling, steel-like character, and they make you a promise, it's not the promise. It's who made it that you stand on. Our confidence in prayer is in him. The ground and the confidence and the foundation of all praying is in the God of the Bible who keeps his word. A lot of years ago, a pizza place called Domino's decided that they were going to make a promise, and they made this promise. If, if you call and you order a pizza, we're going to get it to you in 30 minutes or less, or you get it free. We're going we're gonna to gift it to you. Their phones exploded because here's what happened. People heard a promise. If you call and order a Canadian bacon with pineapples and onions, my favorite, if you call and you give us the address, we're going to be there in 30 minutes or less, or you get it free. Now, a lot of people were praying they wouldn't make it, but just forget that for a minute. They made a promise. They made a promise. Now, I want you to follow me with this. The people who ordered the pizza, their confidence and faith was not in the delivery guy. No, he's inconsequential. When he gets to the door with the pizza, you don't fall on your face and say, thank you, delivery guy, that you made it. I didn't know if you'd make it or not. No, our confidence was in the company that made the promise. The guy delivering the pizza is inconsequential. The results are inconsequential. It's the promise maker and the promise they made. We trust Domino's. I know, I ordered a pizza last night. And they got there on the time they told me they would. Now listen, so we trust Domino's. We call, we've got 30 minutes, we set the table, we tell everybody it's coming, we fully expect it, we don't doubt it. We're walking around the house knowing that in 30 minutes or less, the smell of that pizza is gonna fill our house. Everybody is salivating, waiting for it, getting your drinks ready, getting the table ready, getting the, 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 the napkins ready, getting all ready to sit down and watch. Not them, 
What about them? I'll leave that there. But see, we prepare. We prepare for the answer because we fully believe that dominoes is good for their word and the promise they made is the promise they're gonna keep. And so we are shocked if they don't make it because we believed and trusted in them. So when they arrive, we don't fall on the ground and have a fit, say, oh my Lord, I didn't think you were gonna make it. We were just chewing our nails whether or not you were gonna get here. No, they look inside the house and they see that we were fully prepared for them to arrive because we believe the promise maker and the promise the promise maker made. Now, if we can trust dominoes, come on, everybody, are you awake today? If we can trust dominoes to come through with their word, then can we not trust the living God who created the heavens and the earth, who is good for his word, who has promised us? I believe his promises because I believe in the promise maker. Give the Lord a hand. Come on, everybody. I believe the promises of God because I believe the God of the promises. I know his character. He is steadfast. He is loyal. He is faithful. He comes through. Listen to some of these promises. God assured Jeremiah, I am watching over my word to perform it. When I give you a word, I watch over it. I follow it. I make sure that it comes to pass because I'm a God of my word. I'm a covenant-keeping God. Moses wrote in the book of Numbers about God, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. The God that we just worship today is never gonna change his mind about what he's promised you. If it's in the book, it's good. If it's in the Bible, it's solid. He's never gonna fail you. He's never gonna forsake you. You see, when I pray, I, my confidence is in him, in his promises, in his character, in his goodness. John said, I love this verse. It's worn out in my Bible. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Everybody say he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So that when we mess up, and we often do at least once a year, amen? And we go to God and we say, Lord, I confess my sin to you. We don't ever have to wonder if he's sitting there going, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna do it this time. I might have changed my mind about this forgiveness thing. I might be rethinking and revisiting this whole thing on forgiveness. No, God never says that. He says, you come to me with your sin, you bring it to me and you say, God, I repent, and he is faithful. He is faithful to forgive you your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And boy, I love what Paul told young Timothy. I love this. He said, even when we are too weak to have any faith left, he remains faithful to us and will help us, for he cannot disown us because we are part of himself. And he will always, everybody say always, carry out his promises to us. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Come on, everybody. He will always carry out his promises to us. And even when we're fainting and feel like we can't even pray, we're struggling, we're dragging our feet, our hands are hanging down, we feel weak and unable to take another step, he will not deny you because he can't deny himself because you are his bride and the two have become one. He will not walk out on you. 
This is our confidence in him. This is the confidence we have in him. Prayer is in him. The answers are in him. The power to execute it is in him. The promise maker is him. Then John tells us what kind of prayer God hears. The prayer that is prayed according to his will. Uh Uh-oh. Now that's a little different than what you read about in Mark, where Mark says, whatever you want, ask, and you're going to get it. Now we have a condition added. We have the balance of the word of God. It's not whatever I can come up with in my mind, whatever I can imagine, God's going to give it to me. But if we pray it according to his will, that's the balance to Mark. Yeah, whatsoever things you pray, believe that you have them, and you will receive them. That's true, but they must be prayed according to his will. So there's a condition to prayer. It must be in line with his will for us. When we ask something that God also wants for us, what he knows is best for us, those things that line up with his purpose and desire for us, those are the prayers he hears and answers. Prayer is not the act of twisting God's arm to do something he doesn't want to do or convincing him to do something that he doesn't consider best. Prayer is entering into the will of God for you and me and praying according to that will. And when we pray according to the will of God for us, that's the prayer we know, we know, we know he hears and we know, we know that he answers. Come on, everyone. Now, let me help you here. It's not that he doesn't hear us when we don't pray according to his will. He does hear us. God answers every prayer. I want you to say with me, God answers every prayer. He answers every prayer. Here's how he does it. Yes, no, you gotta be kidding me. No, I'm just kidding. I prayed a few prayers where I think God looked down and said, you gotta be kidding me, Wickwire, come on. But here's the deal. Yes, no, or wait. He answers every prayer with one of those three. Yes, no, or wait. If he says no, then rest assured, you didn't pray according to his will, and one day you're gonna thank him for not answering I said, one day you're going to thank him. He didn't answer that prayer. You know, when I had children, they asked me for a lot of things. I looked at them and said, you got to be kidding me. Or I just immediately knew that's a really bad idea. Now, to my children, it was a great idea. But to me, it was a crazy idea or a terrible idea, and it would have hurt them if I'd answered it. See, I can look back now, having walked with God most of my life, and I can tell you that there are prayers I just knew were his will that he didn't answer. And now I thank God he did not answer them because I knew not what I asked for. Have you ever just believed God was going to give you that man or that woman to marry? And then a few years later, you see them and you go, ooh, and you walk away and go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, everybody. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. You are sovereign over my life. You're a good God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. You may be convinced what you're praying for has to be his will. But see, we grow in grace, and we grow in the things of God, and we grow in the things of the Spirit, and the more you mature, the wiser you are with what you pray for. You can pray for something sincerely with all of your heart, but God knows it's not best, so God says no. He just flat out says no. So if we miss his will when we pray, God will say no to protect you. Amen? Now, when we do pray according to his will, he can only answer in one of two ways, yes or wait. When it's according to his will, he's going to say yes 
or he's going to say, wait. Now, we always like the first one. Yes. Because when we pray according to his will and we really want something, we want it delivered quicker than a Big Mac at the delivery window. We want that thing answered today. But often God says, wait. He says, wait. He says, wait. Now, I don't like that word. I have a problem with that word. I've never liked that word. Because I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it, right now. I don't like waiting. But you know what I found out? I found out that God often says to me, Jeff, you're praying according to the will of God, but you're going to have to wait. Now, when God says wait, let me tell you why he says wait. He says wait because, number one, he either needs time to prepare us for the answer. See, there are some prayers we pray, no way he could bring it today. It would kill us. It may be according to his will, but he says, wait, because that's a good prayer, and I'm going to answer that prayer, but I'm going to answer it later because you're not ready for the fulfillment for the delivery of that prayer in your life right now. i got to get you ready for the answer to that prayer. Another reason, he has to have time to prepare others who are going to be affected by the answer to our prayer. And third, he needs time to prepare the circumstances for the answer to our prayer. Because when you pray and I pray, listen, God will move heaven and earth to answer that prayer. And some of the prayers we pray are strong prayers. They're powerful prayers. They are prayers that are going to, they're going to hit you and then move out and hit others and affect others. And God has to move circumstances. He has to prepare people. He has to prepare you. He can't do it overnight. For instance, when Moses began to understand that he was called to deliver Israel out of bondage, he totally misread God's timing. We know he was sensing, I'm a deliverer. I have been born and raised up by God to deliver the people of Israel. But he sees one day, he sees one of the children of Israel, one of God's people, being abused by an Egyptian. And Moses rose up and said, this is my moment. And he went over and he killed the Egyptian. And when he killed the Egyptian, he understood God's will, and he had been praying for God's will, but he missed God's timing. He killed the Egyptian, and he had to flee to Midian, and it took God 40 years to prepare the man for the answer. I know that's encouraging to some of you. Well, that's great, Pastor Jeff. I'm 45 and believing for a spouse. Let's see, 95. I'm just giving you an example. I'm giving you an example. In the meantime, here's Moses over in Midian. God's preparing him for the answer to where when God was done with him, he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. But God was also preparing his people for the answer by preparing or bringing them to the place where they were calling out on God for deliverance night and day and day and night. Their faith was at fever pitch. They were believing God for deliverance square to the 10th power by the time Moses entered Egypt with the rod and with Aaron and began to do miracles. They were ready then. And God prepared the circumstances by allowing Pharaoh to come to supreme power so that God was all the more magnified and glorified when he delivered his people from his grip. Moses was made ready. The people were made ready. The circumstances were made ready. And God moved. That's why when you've got something you're praying about and it hasn't happened today or the time frame you thought, if God hasn't said flat out no to you, he has said wait, then hang in there, keep praying, keep trusting, walk with God, enjoy life, smell the flowers. He is preparing you. He's preparing the people. He's preparing circumstances. Is anybody hearing me today? Come on. 
A yes, but wait a while answer from God requires the same understanding you have when you order a steak at a fine restaurant. You know it's coming, but you don't expect it in five minutes. If that bone-in ribeye that you order medium well comes in five minutes or less, your eyebrows go up. Wait a minute. I know I ordered a steak. This is making me think this thing was already ready. I don't want fast food. I want a steak that has been cooked and it takes time. You see, when you pray a steak prayer, you need to be willing to wait for a steak answer. Come on, everybody. Come on. See, our problem with a yes, but wait a while answer to prayer, yes, but wait a while, is because we've got a fast food mentality, but we walk with a crock pot God. And some of you women know what I'm talking about. You men are going, crock pot, what's that? That means that's when something takes long to cook. See, God keeps things in the oven a long time. You pray, oh God, I wish that you would do this for me or that for me. He says, really? Pray that one more time because that's a steak prayer. All right, I want you to do this or that. God says, all right, it's going in the oven. I'm moving people. I'm moving circumstances. I'm getting you ready. It's going to take time. But when it comes and they put that bone-in ribeye in front of you, when God delivers that ribeye and there it is, you forget about how long you waited. It is so good. Come on, everybody. He who learns to wait on God will enjoy answers that fast food type prayers will never know. Now, how do you know you're praying according to the will of God? Let me tell you very simply, the Bible. The Bible is the best way to know how you pray according to the will of God. The Bible gives us promises. But Peter said, he talked about the great and precious promises of God. Promises for provision, direction, forgiveness, strength, peace, wisdom, liberty, comfort, power. All these and more are promised in the word of God. So if I see the promise in the word of God and I'm a child of God, then I say, Lord, I'm praying according to that promise. See, I know it's his will to provide for me. I know it's his will to bless these services. When I pray over these services throughout the week and intensely on Saturday, I know I'm praying according to the will of God. When I pray that you are blessed and edified and strengthened and that you grow spiritually, I know I'm praying according to the will of God and I know that I shall have what I've asked for. But if we pray this way, Lord, give me a spouse this year or bless me, Lord, with a million dollars, I name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Now listen carefully to me. Those kinds of prayers are all contingent on what God deems best, and they will be answered with either a yes or a no or a yes, but wait. Y'all are thinking, what prayers do you have in heaven's oven? I've got some in the oven, and I'm believing that some of them are going to be put on the table. Let's say again together, God answers prayer. Now, let me ask, how many of you can say, oh, well, I know that lately he's given me a no. Come on, tell the truth. He gave me a no. Really? That's it? How many of you can say, I got a yes, but I know it's a yes, but wait a while. <laughs> That's most of you. How many of you had a prayer answer this week? Come on. You got a prayer answer this week? Don't shoot me down. Okay, there's many of you. But how many of you believe one is coming and it's a stake prayer? Amen? It's a stake prayer. That's what I'm believing for. 
In today's message on how God answers prayer, Pastor Jeff unraveled the mysteries of divine responses. Whether through direct provision, guidance, or waiting, he explained that God's ways are higher than yours. Embrace the assurance that every prayer matters and is heard by a loving Father who knows what's best for you. Let this message deepen your trust and faith in God's perfect timing and unfailing love, inspiring you to never stop seeking Him in prayer. If you're interested in learning about Hardwired, Diane has some things to share. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. Thanks for being a part of this ministry and helping it continue to be an encouraging and uplifting resource for you and others. Now I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's next. In Pastor Jeff's next message, he delves into the power of having a quiet place, exploring its profound impact on your spiritual life. In the secret place of personal communion with God, you can find restoration. Join in and discover the beauty of a deeper and more intimate prayer life, drawing nearer to the heart of Jesus. Get ready to be inspired and equipped to cultivate a rich and consistent prayer life that brings you closer to God's presence. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from the book of 1 John, so be sure to join us again. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwired.